Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you looking for more out of your life? Do you need ideas on how to start new businesses and how to move forward in your own personal life? Well, guess what? You have come to the right radio show at You Can Overcome Anything podcast show. You will learn and hear from many people from all walks of life who are sharing their challenges, their stories, the habits, and the mind shifts they have to overcome to become who they are today. On top, you will get a chance to connect and see how you can overcome anything by networking and learning about your next move through this radio show. I present to you our great speakers at You Can Overcome Anything podcast show with your host, Cesar Espino. Hello there and welcome back to another episode of You Can Overcome Anything podcast show. It is your host, Cesar Espino, and I am so uh, happy to have here Jen Hurd with me today. Hey, Jen, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Good, good, good. I'm glad to have you here. Just to give our listeners and viewers a little bit of your background, Mm -hmm. uh, Jen is a professional organizer, Mm -hmm. uh, coach, speaker, app creator, and all-around mompreneur. Her complete work history and professional information can be found on her LinkedIn page we're going to have at the end of uh, this uh, podcast. Um, her mission is to help people have more time and increase energy by simplifying and more efficiently managing their time, space, and possessions. Jen mm-hmm. started Clean Street Consulting Inc. in 2006, and uh, it has so much more to talk about, definitely. And there's so many more things that she's doing, which definitely yeah. want to learn about. And I'm very intrigued about the the idea of managing your time, uh, space, and possessions because that's one thing that oftentimes we uh, tend to forget or we don't know how to do it. You know, especially when it comes down to time management. Before mm-hmm. we dive into that, though, tell me a little bit more about you. What is your upbringing, uh, and where are you originally from? I grew up outside of Detroit uh, in a suburb called Bloomfield Hills. That's where my parents uh, raised us and they still live in that same house. Mm. So we've been in there about 54 years, a long time. Uh, My mother is where I think I got my organizing drive from because she uh, kept everything neat as a pin. And so I just sort of inherited the, the genetic predisposition to being super organized. And um, even after working corporate jobs and doing things like that, I return and return and return to wanting to help people get organized. So that's where it all started. I think it came from my upbringing with my mom and uh, my father, too. He's a a systems engineer. So he was, you know, very organized mind. And so uh, that's where it comes from. But uh, where I grew up was a very it it was a very nice area. in the sense of it, we, we spent a lot of times outdoors and, um, you know, we really liked to travel and enjoy Michigan. Michigan has a lot to offer. Mm. So uh, my myself, my daughter, my family, we're all very outdoorsy people. <laughs> That's yeah. what we enjoy the most, I think. Yeah. Mm. Uh, one, of, one of the things that I uh, always find fascinating and, and I want to dive in more into, you yeah. know, 
growing up is that again the things that happen between the ages of and of zero and seven can really yeah. determine the quality of life that you have right and right. and and a lot of times we don't see it as 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 we're getting older or growing up so mm-hmm. I wanted to know any any challenges anything that yes. you might have experienced during those years that have made you who you are too I mean in, you know you actually have 100%. those yeah. Yeah. Well, my challenge was around age 13. It was a little bit older, but um, yep. I developed scoliosis. I grew really, really fast and I had to have mm. spinal surgery, a very invasive spinal surgery when I was 13 yeah. to correct that. Or they said I would be in a wheelchair for the wow. rest of my life. So I really didn't have a choice and I handled the stress at the time, but I think it affected me really for the rest of my life in the sense that almost like I had to deal with a PTSD, high level of anxiety, I mean, I basically had my spinal column taken apart. So every nerve in my body was jagged. Um, and so I had to learn how to manage that and have and hold down jobs and raise a child and all of that. And that was definitely an underlying factor in, in creating organization, creating systems and keeping things as simple as I could for myself, because mm-hmm. anything else added more stress on top of that already embedded stress that happened so long ago. And it's not like it's something that I clung to. It was just in there. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, that, that's actually uh, pretty, pretty neat to say that, uh, again, sometimes when we're going through some challenges or we're facing with different things, we have the option to either do something about it and create something that's going to serve us. And, or yeah. we, uh, end up in this, um, victim mentality of why me, why me? And then, oh, things yeah. apart, right. And <laughs> I never so- took the victim mentality. I was yeah. more of a, a person who made it a game. My friends at school, I was in a body cast for six months after the surgery. So I came to high school as a sophomore and entering my junior year. So beginning of junior year, and I was a volleyball player. So I couldn't, I I started every game, my sophomore year, junior year, I couldn't play. So I was like taking stats and, you know, but I was very enthusiastic. I supported my friends. And if they had a bad day, they would come up and like punch my cast. They were like, this is great for stress relief. You know, we would just like make a joke out of it and kind of play off of it. So I was not in a victim mentality. And then my senior year, once it was off, you know, they, they were like, oh my gosh, you lost 10 pounds in a day. That's like gotta be some kind of record, you know, cause they <laughs> cut the thing off with a buzzsaw. Yeah, right. And, um, so then I went in and then we, you know, I started every game my senior year and was back, you know. Um, but it was definitely something that like later in life, I had to have another surgery mm. and I freaked out. Like it all came back. So yeah. it you have to be careful. You have to do the work to, retrain your body from a big stressor like that especially at a young age yeah 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 i, I, I can only imagine too like uh even going through those things is not is not an easy thing to go through um what is the fact that, that factor of maybe getting depressed or going into into those kind of emotions because that can bring up a lot of emotions right and, and oh, yeah. you know even even if you're not going through a surgery like in general life is full of emotions and the way we handle those emotions can determine many different elements of our lives. Except yeah. when you're going through a surgery or going through something like that, how, what does that do to you emotionally and to your body and to just, you know, things in general? Yeah. It, well, it stirs a lot of things up. And one of the best things I found, and I, I didn't learn it till a little bit later, was that it really does help to find a coach, a mentor, someone who's been through something similar, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just a therapist who advises people who've had major car accidents, surgeries, things like that. I found someone later on in my life who I wished I'd known earlier. I wish I'd mm-hmm. sought out earlier, but I didn't really know the value of it until I did it. And then I went, oh my gosh, you know, this is amazing. This I wish I'd known this sooner. 
Um, but I found that help and I learned a lot of techniques that really helped support calming my system down and refocusing and just a lot of, a lot of cognitive behavioral techniques that were so valuable. Mm. And so I highly recommend that if it's, even if it's your child that has to go through it on um, some sort of orthopedic surgery or something traumatic, um, find someone on the backside of that for them to talk to, or at least keep the information handy. And if something arises, you know, you have the resource because honestly, it, once I found it, it was very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about value and in just uh, that in general, right. Um, mm -hmm. Why do you feel like sometimes, you know, we are so against looking and, and finding or that there's some value on, on other people, right. You know, especially yeah. you as a coach and a speaker, right. You know, a lot yeah. of times, you know, people don't see that value. And why do you think that's the case? Do you think is it bad experiences? Is it that you just don't believe in the product on the person? Well, it can be both. I mean, okay. I think as Americans we're raised to be fiercely independent, do it yourself, you know, yeah. self-made man, self-made woman. Um, there's something to being self-made, but the way I perceive self-made now is a lot different than what I used to perceive it as. Mm. Now I perceive it as being self-made is advocating for yourself and finding your own resources. It's finding the coach to support you to become the person you desire to be. You don't have to figure it all out by yourself. Now, do I read a pile of books? I'm developing an app. I'm reading Steve Case's Rise of the Rest. Like I resource myself all mm. the time. Mm. I love Audible. That's been my my favorite new thing. You know, you can listen to all the books while you're driving around yeah, and right. whatever in between jobs. And, but finding the resources is how you become who you want to become. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with you. So tell me a little bit about your, your journey. How did you tap into speaking and coaching? Where did that come about? Well, when I started organizing, a lot of my clients were older adults who were downsizing, going to assisted living, had had a significant life change or some people through my church I received, you know, who had lost a child or some very serious things. Cause I was a Stephen minister by training also. Mm. So I would step into a lot of life change situations that were very significant because my church is gigantic and yeah. their Stephen ministers get like tough cases. So, um, I really started to see that, um, people need support. And I, and a lot of my older clients asked me to come speak to their active seniors groups and things like that. Mm. You know, they would say, oh, this has been so helpful. You know, you should come talk to the people at my church or the, you know, this seniors group that meets at the hall down the road. So I started doing that a lot. And um, then during COVID, I got great coaching because I was doing it on a small scale. Yeah. And I got some coaching from um, a gal named Shanda Sumter. I've probably heard of Shanda. Yeah. Um, and I had uh, followed her for many years and I finally jumped in and I took her leadership training. And one of the things we really got good at was doing zooms and being on camera and talking to people. Mm -hmm. So I started doing more and more of that. So yeah. that that's how it came about. And it, I just didn't sit still well during COVID. I wasn't out in someone's closet. So I was like, what else can I do? You know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I really got on board with that. It was, it's been fun. I've met some amazing people. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good. That's good. So, yeah. so your, your whole thing really started with the organizing, right? That, that was your, it did. your that was my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, when my daughter was little, you know, I moved back to Michigan to be closer to family and I, I made a list. I said, what do I really love? And I just decided that I didn't want to go back into a corporate situation with a little child. So I was a single parent at the time. My husband stayed, my ex-husband stayed in Arizona. So um, I was just 
absolutely convinced that I was going to create the job that I wanted that was based on the skills that I possess I could most help people with. Mm. And so my list was, it's so funny, it's, it's pretty much this list, which you know, helping people downsize, sorting out rooms, organizing their spaces, helping them set up a home office because mm. I'd done that. And then I went out and I told people that I knew, you know, I grew up here. So I, I talked to anyone I could and I said, this is what I'm doing. And I just, I still have a lot of those clients today that I started with in 2006. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's actually interesting. Like, you know, to, when I, when I think of a professional organizer, it was like, yeah, you know, I don't know, maybe you come across this a lot and it's like, well, I don't need nothing to be organized. Like I'm perfectly fine. Right. Or, or everything seems to be <laughs> in its place. Like I have piles and piles of, of papers in my desk and I know what I need or, or whatever the case may be. Right. right. Um, I didn't think that there was actually a need for that or, 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 or necessarily, you know, people doing that. And, and so, mm-hmm. um, do you do you feel like that's something huge like like it's more more so a necessity uh you know throughout or or, or how's your I think that the faster and faster life spins right and as we know it just gets faster I mean it, it never yeah. slows down ever right um the fewer the less time people have to really take to do these things and so sometimes the biggest thing for women I think what I find is the accountability factor mm-hmm. it's not that you can't do it it's that you'll just keep busy enough that you don't, you know, it sits over here. And then at a certain point you go, Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. So I frequently do, you know, what I'll do is go in set up a system and then we'll go in and just revisit it every now and again and have that accountability day where we reset and people with small businesses in their homes. A lot of times, you know, especially during COVID people had offices and then they had to bring it all back. They had to set up home offices. So Mm -hmm. we were doing that. Um, the assisted livings would not let family members come and help move their, their, uh, grandma in there. They would allow us in there, which was kind of strange, but (laughs) come in as service workers, but family couldn't come in. So I was dropping off loaves of bread to people during COVID for family members. Mom can't get rye bread at the nursing home. They won't let me in. Can you go take it? You know, just um, crazy things that we'd be asked to do, but, but really helpful and fun and supportive of family, you know, and, and that, so it, it's a very rewarding career. And I coach a lot of women who are like, not sure that they can enter into it. You know, I've been home. I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, if you've been home, you know what to do. Right. Now you have to figure out how to systematize that and help other people learn it. Right. You know, so I've coached a lot of women who are very unsure of themselves in, in stepping out and entering into that. But it's a wonderful profession for moms who have a bit of that life experience uh, to help new moms or whatever. You know, you can pick your yeah, I think your professional focus, but right. but it's, it was great for me when my daughter was little. Now, is your coaching primarily based on uh, you know helping them you know organize their space, uh, time, and and or is it or do you take other elements too in, in terms of that, or is it primarily in that? Um, I am a very holistic person and uh, and very focused on sustainability as well. So a lot of what I do is how to make your house a little bit more sustainable, a little more green. Okay. Um, how to clean, use clean cleaning products that are things that aren't going to damage your health, especially with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, people got into some very heavy cleaners that are very toxic and, um, you know, things that can really uh, damage small, small children's little livers and things like that. So I'm very holistic. I bring in some practices like that um, and some other ancillary tools, um, some great supplements, uh, things that you can do dietary wise for, um, to support yourself and your family and, and wellness. So there's a lot of things I've added in over the years that I've learned, um, because I've engaged with people who have those specific skills. And then I have like sort of a really deep 
uh, reference bank too, where I can say, okay, if this is the issue you're having, why don't you consider this? I do a lot of research. So, um, so that's what people pay for when they pay an organizer, you know, they pay us to bring to them all these resources. It's faster than them to having to dig around and try to find it. Got and it. we see what's worked with other families. We see what's worked in other households. Um, and we also keep track of where to get things cost effectively. Cause you know, you'd love your yeah. house to look like the home edit, you know, and have everything <laughs> color coded and yeah. whatever, yeah. but that stuff's pricey. Yeah. So there are ways to get better prices. I'm like being a single mom, you know, I'm always yeah. on the no, budget awesome. trail too. So we're useful. We pay for yeah. ourselves. But, uh, no, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, so tell me why, uh, why uh, decide to take this path of being an entrepreneur uh, versus, you know, your yeah. typical nine to five? Uh, besides the fact that I'm a control freak, <laughs> <laughs> you know, part of it was being a Stevens minister and being involved with people the way I was, I, I had the choice. I could, I could do an office job and I had done that. Um, I had worked at large ad agencies on large accounts national accounts, big things, mm -hmm. but it wasn't one-on-one -on -one with like an individual. And I really missed that. And when my daughter was little, I just made that conscious choice. I wanted the control of my time and I wanted to work one-on-one -on -one with people. And the expansion of my business over time has kind of pulled me back from being, I'm on site with uh, some of my regular clients, but now I have other organizers who work for me. So I'm a little more removed. But what I decided to do was to take the knowledge that I gleaned in 15 years of doing this and write a book and create some things, some tools that people can use on a sort of like one to many. I can share this a little bigger. I can, right. I can really teach a lot more um, just from the practical years of doing this. So, so that's what I've gotten into in the last year and a half yeah, is yeah. the book and then an app to help people do the same thing. So it's, uh, I've learned a lot. It's been like yeah. drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely want to come back to the book and the app. Um, yeah, yeah. When you're talking about one to many and, and and just kind of like it wasn't that, you know, you were not that connected. Do you feel like a lot of it has to do, because I think a lot of people are in this space, right? Like a lot of people yeah. hate doing their nine to five. Some people like, love it, which is perfectly fine. Some yeah. people are just doing it out of necessity uh, because it's more secure per se uh, than, right. than being an entrepreneur. As you know, being an entrepreneur ups and downs you know it can be all over the place right yeah and so and it takes a lot a lot of uh uh skill set in terms of being organized and, and being disciplined to mm -hmm. be able to continue that that the journey nevertheless yeah. though i do believe that there's people that would want to step out and kind of follow their gut feeling or or, or their dreams or, or whatever that might be right. and, and so for, for you like you're, you were saying it's like you know you didn't feel like you know it must have been good except you didn't feel like you were connected at, at a deeper level yeah, how can someone, uh, more or less, if they have that desire, really tap into the the making the decision of of taking that leap, either you know rather sooner than later. Well, one of the things you can do is if you're still employed full time and you want to start doing it, organizing is a great business you can do in the evenings and the weekends because a lot of times people do work mm -hmm. full time and they want to work on it at an odd hour, so you can start into this career. On an, on an odd time of day, on a day where you're not working and start to build a clientele and have some revenue coming in. So you're not going, you know, from, from $50,000 a year or whatever to zero, you're going, you, you've got a buffer mm -hmm. and set aside some funds to get some materials and the things that you need. Um, Cause there are tools that we use obviously and things that we have on hand all the time. Um, so you can build that and then step into it. So you can do it in a measured way. But the other factor to that is just beginning to manage your mind better because 
being in an office, there's often structure, there's meetings, there's, you know, you have a pattern to your day. And when you come home as an entrepreneur, you don't have that pattern anymore. So you have to create that, create systems, create times you do certain things, carve out what your days off are so that you can perform some self-care because you can work seven days a week yeah. as an entrepreneur. I mean, it's not like I don't do that on occasion, but I also counterbalance that where I'll say, I'm taking a week off now and just shut down, you know, and, and, and give myself that break. So there's a lot to, to starting to step into a new environment, setting your environment up for yourself to be successful. Yeah. 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 Planning ahead. No, I, I love that. And and I love what you mentioned, manage your mind better. Mm-hmm. Um, I could take that and I can definitely, that, that could be a whole new topic for sure. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Cause I always, I always tell people like, you know, the, what, what, how, how you manage your mind uh, either can make you or break you either way, you know? And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of different things that go with that. So talking about the mind, what are some practices or things that you've done to uh, help, uh, you know, manage your mind better? When I'm dealing with anxiety, which does crop up for me, not infrequently, we just moved right. and it flared up terribly during the relocation process. Um, I have to step in and create those systems right away. That's one of the biggest things to help alleviate anxiety. The other thing I love is there's a million apps out right now to help with that. There's the balance app. There's calm. There's all kinds of apps to help you make sure you're getting rest, make sure you're doing some mindfulness and some breathing and things that just settle you down and help you focus. Because the, the I, I think the biggest key to entrepreneurialism is clearing your mind, having a day where you just, you clear the decks, you get everything out of your way, and you just take some time to read, to think, to not be interrupted. That's when the greatest ideas come out. That's why they say, you know, during COVID, some of the biggest and brightest ideas developed because people had time to sit down. Okay, what do I really want? Or what does the world really need is a better question. And so I think like, those are the the aspects of, of managing your mind, taking, clearing time, giving yourself the, the, the blank space to draw mm-hmm. something new and um, and also filling that mind and, and your time and space with people who are of that mindset or who are motivating to you, not people who drag you down and who are yeah. counterproductive. You know, if I'm dealing with anxiety, I have a dear, dear friend. She's had it for years as well. We call each other. We are each other's accountability partner. Mm-hmm. What did you do today to try to you know help with that? Etc. And we coach each other because we're both, you know, experienced enough with it and in our lives to know what needs to happen. But, you know, you can also go on and, and find there's there's great coaching websites online. You can find an individual mental health coach um, and, and do that. Um, yeah. There's there's so much available now that there wasn't before. And, you know, in years right, yeah. so, a, lot, a lot of it came out for sure. And I, so I, I definitely agree. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think that uh, you, you get to be in a group of people that I, yeah. I always tell people like, if, if somebody is um, adding to you, then that's a good group. If they're subtracting from you, definitely you got to run away. And, yeah. uh, and as you mentioned, like someone that's going to help you, uh, you know, through your journey and it's going to be edifying you uh, mm-hmm. to have a positive outcome. Right. And, and I think that's where, mm-hmm. you know, by the time this come out in, you know, 2023, you know, especially at the beginning of the year, we, we want to make sure that we start with that uh, right, uh, the right people and, and the right elements and tools to be able to get us to that, to that next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so, so crucial from that perspective. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, and I also want to add this. Mm-hmm. People have a lot of fear about asking other people who they know have walked the same path for help or for some mentorship. I don't know why that stigma is there with a lot of people. 
don't hesitate. I've had people step up and ask me, you know, or they'll call me and they'll say, can we just go have coffee? I really need to pick your brain about something. I've had women break down in tears because they finally had someone they could talk to about something, uh, you know, as someone who inspired them and said, oh, no, you can do that. Really, you can. Just just sometimes saying yes to somebody like that has been so rewarding to me that I just I just want to tell people, don't hesitate to ask someone. It's a bigger reward for them being able to support you. And I think people don't realize that, but honestly, it's so important and, and don't feel shame and don't feel guilt and don't feel fear over it. If somebody says, no, they don't have the time to meet with you, then that's on them. Right. But if you don't ask, you'll never get the support. So you've got to seek out people. This whole break uh, between Christmas and new year's, I've made calls to people that I don't normally speak with, but I really had interest in something they'd done that I thought could inspire me. And some of them reached back out. We had these lovely conversations and it was great. So carve out a little time, make some phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to your book. So um, what is this book uh, coming out and, and give me a little bit of a flavor of what are some of the things that people are expect out of the book. I'm excited about this book. The book is about being an organizer for 15, 20 years. And it carves out some really specific stories, things that happened over the course of time, some funny, some sad, a little shocking but there's a lesson from each of the stories that that is a really an important thing that someone can glean from that and then there's each of the chapters has like a workbook type feel to it at the end so you can step through your own process with what you learned from it and what you might take away so it's really it's really um can be done with book clubs or it could be done individually and um it's a 12 chapter 12 week kind of uh, story and plan. So it's, uh, it's bite-sized pieces and it's really fun. And, um, there's, there's a story in there I can share that I just love. Um, we had someone who was downsizing an older gentleman and his wife had passed and he had a lot of her wonderful things still in hand. So gloves and beautiful hats, like from the fifties, absolutely elegant, beautiful things. And he said, I really want to be creative. Like, where can we take these things? And I called around and I found an amazing theater company that had a costume department that was doing a show coming up like in, a, in 30 days or less that needed the exact things we had for props. Wow. So yeah. we took them there. They gave him and his daughter free tickets to the show. He went to the play and got to see his wife's hats and gloves and everything just worn on stage and used. And then they, they kept them in, they have like a permanent uh, costume rental like that they use for other shows in the area. He was thrilled. You know, so part of doing this job is being creative and using your heart and thinking, what could we do that would really be inspirational? So this guy got to go in his wheelchair, you know, he was kind of housebound. This was one of the most exciting things he'd done in a while. Wow. And he got to share and help these, the theater troupe put on their show. So it was an amazing moment of giving for him and of just, it was just joy, sheer joy for him before he passed. And he passed pretty quickly after that. So it was a an end of life inspiring moment, you know, but these are things that we talk about in the book about how to, how to use your creativity, uh, how to reach out and find, you know, a family, a charity, what you can do to help your community with your extra, you know, because a lot of people accumulate a lot of extra, especially, you know, the the COVID time, everybody got, everybody got really into their uh, Amazon shopping or whatever, you know, grab a glass of wine and, (laughs) but a lot came in and not a lot went out. Right, so right. 
yeah. now is the time for this to be coming out so people can reevaluate what they really have. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. And you know, and I love that story. I mean, I think those are the stories that you live for, right? I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's like, oh. you know, that I'm, I'm sure, you know, I know it would, it would for me, it, it would bring such a, a sense of, of, of uh, you know, gratitude and, and, and also accomplishment and being able to be in that space. Like, I always tell people, like, whatever you're doing in life, Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're doing it for purpose, not for profits, right? right? Because when you do things for purpose, the profits will come. Thank and you. oftentimes people that are in the business of being an entrepreneur, it's the other way around. They don't even think about the purpose. They think about the money, the the, the profits. And and that can end pretty pretty fast, pretty easy, right? Yeah. And so I think you got to tie it into something like that. And I think for you, even the way you speak about it and, and that passion is like, yeah, there's, there's a, a purpose behind that and it brings joy. And, 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 and again, I want people to, that are listening to this to, to learn that lesson is like, you have to have the purpose first and yeah. the profits will come. Don't expect them. Yeah. They're going to come. Yeah. My purpose has always been to support the community in whatever way I can. So I get phone calls from all over town about, we have a family sleeping on floors because we just got them a house. We need beds. My daughter and I have literally gone to Home Depot, gotten a truck, driven around all of my clients and picked up beds, dressers, furniture, wow. lamps, anything we could get and furnished houses. Yeah. for people in situations. And I've never charged a penny to any of my clients for a charitable delivery anywhere. Yeah. In over 20 years of doing this, we've never charged. And none, none of my partners do either. When my girls go out, we do that for free. We'll load up the cars, we'll drop it off. It's just a service that you can provide. And we know that it's going, you know, we vet the charities that we're working with, but, but we know it's going someplace where it can serve and people right. will let go of things a lot easier if they know who's getting it next All and right. why. Yeah, and if they know it's, it's being put in for for a good for a good reason, right? So, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, um, the app, the app. Well, tell me about your app. What, what was that app? How did the idea? Uh, yeah, the app came out of the book. Came out of this whole thing. Okay. Um, I was also, you know, we're just one to one dropping off to these charities, and so during COVID, I <clears> said, well, all right, this works. This mindset works with people that we're going to serve someone with this. Okay, no, you don't need it anymore. Let's find someone to serve with it. So the app was built to be a matchmaking app between downsizers or people who are moving or people who just need to get rid of an old couch or whatever with charities, vetted 501c3 charities that can tell their story. So um, it, it improves communication. It allows the charities to post things they need and people to post things they have to give up and they can communicate mm -hmm. with each other on the fastest way to get it there and who it's going to help. So um, basically we just took that one-to-one -one model and, and, and built a national level model that's launching this spring all yeah. over. <laughs> wow, no, that's that's awesome. So yeah, we're beta testing right now. So it's okay, ready I was gonna ask you if it was already out. Okay, got it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's on it's on the back side of the app store, but by the, the first couple months of 2023 here, it'll be out. Yeah. Okay, cool. And and then the book, when is the book coming out? Around the same time, February, okay. March. We just have to finish some editing, but it's just yeah. about done. Yay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 awesome. Um, yeah. So obviously, you as a coach, uh, as a speaker, as an organizer, you've talked a little bit about you know you you hire some people before uh, and and things like that. What are some of the things that you've done yourself to um, really like? Tony Robbins refers to them as as rituals. Do you have any rituals, any habits, any any yeah. things that you do on the today basis to keep you in this positive state of mind? I do. I well, prayer for me. I I'm a Christian, as I said. I was a students yep. minister, so I pray. Um, I have rituals set up in my morning and in my evening where I start my day with um, my big goal and maybe two secondary goals. 
I also set my intention for the day and my way of being, meaning my attitude as I'm coming into it. Mm. And I do that a lot when I'm entering into new client homes as well. I'll kind of sit for a moment once I get there, breathe, pray, set my intention because you're a lot of times walking into a very chaotic situation Mm. and you're the calm that's walking into it. So you can't come in frazzled and frenetic. You have to come in, you know, very chill and ready for action. So, um, you know, I always, I use those touch points throughout the day too. Yeah. Now are your goals, your big goal, is that for the day, for the month or for For the day? For the day. Okay, for the day. I have a big calendar for the, for the month. I always keep yeah. my big calendar and I have my little stickies and I use, I, I use a big visual cause I'm a visual person, obviously in the field I'm in, but I use my, my tools like Asana and things like that to, to move things around. Like the night before I do some planning and mm-hmm. I'll move around my day, but I know what that big goal is for the next morning. And uh, then as I enter the day, it's like, okay, today's the day this is happening. Yeah. And And this is why, you know, and so I can really focus. You have to, if you have that one thing a day that you get done, it's very rewarding. And it, it compiles upon itself. You build that success. And so if one day you miss it, it's not the end of the world. Cause you're like, I just did 20 days of (laughs) getting that thing every day. I can, you know, you can give yourself a little grace. Yeah. 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 No, that's awesome. So, uh, you know, uh, where are your typical clients? Are they local to you or they're all over the the U S I do travel. They're local, but a lot of my clients in this area have homes in other places. Got it. So I've gone, you know, to Bucks County. I've gone to Arizona. I've gone to Florida. Secondary homes and done the same thing that I do here, which is fun. Nice to yeah. change of venue. I've got, I went to Indiana to do an estate for a client whose parents had passed. Okay. So we did a number of road trip long weekends down there, and we did the project together, and uh, got through the estate sale and got the home listed, and you know. But we also, with with NAPO, the National Association of Professional Organizers and Productivity Mm -hmm. Professionals, um, there's a way you can go onto their napo.net website and you can search by your zip code to locate someone in your area. So you don't have to like import an organizer. You can locate one. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's good. So where can people find you and connect with you if they they want to learn more about you, your services, and or even when your book comes out and your app? For sure. Uh, the book will be posted to my cleansweepconsulting.net website. So it's www.cleansweepconsulting.net. And I also on there have a really nice freebie. Um, there's a PDF there of 100 things you can get rid of today. So if you're feeling like you want to just do a little spring cleaning and and just purge a few unwanted items, there's a great list there for you to pick up. And then lovebigger.com, www.lovebigger.com is the website for the app. And that will be launching this spring. So yes, you can go on there and receive emails. There's an email sign up there if you want more info. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so uh, in terms of of uh, you know the things you've gone through, the experience organizing, you know, for the people that are listening to us and are watching us, if they're going through any challenge, whatever challenge that might be, what is one thing you can say to them to start overcoming that challenge? Learn to say no and advocate for yourself. So in other words, I'm going to have to pass on that. I would love to do that, but unfortunately right now I cannot. Mm -hmm. Those boundaries and the ability to say no to events, people, accumulated stuff, whatever it is, that is gonna provide you so much protection and so much backbone that it will really serve you in a lot of ways. So just be, be begin to advocate for yourself, even if it's just a small no or a small win that you make for you, that yeah. will serve you. 
Yeah, no, I think that's huge. And, and one thing that comes to mind is uh, I can see, you know, uh, definitely, especially when it comes down to people, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to say no to somebody for, for a request or something, sometimes it's a, a bit hard to say no because yeah. one, we don't know how to build boundaries. Two, uh, we might be afraid of, you know, what is going to, is, is that going to tarnish the relationship? What is that going to do to us or, or, or that relationship? Uh, what they're going to think? What would be your advice to that? Because I can I can see that being a huge element where why people continue to say yes and put it, put themselves in a difficult situation because they don't want to tarnish that that relationship. But an interesting thing happens with that. Mm-hmm. The people that have said no to me in my life about something respectfully, obviously, you know, in a, in a kind way, but just right. unfortunately, right now, I just don't have the bandwidth. But we could do it another time, or um, you know, let me give you a resource. That's another way to to if you're going to say no have a resource that can do it instead or you can refer them to Mm. because then they're not going to be angry with you they're going to say hey thanks that's great okay you helped solve the problem right you don't always have to do it yourself Mm. (laughs) but i respect the people who said no to me almost more than the people that say yes all the time right i'm going to respect a person who stands up more than i'm going to respect someone who's being a sort of a doormat in that situation and just saying yes and then doing a crappy job at it yeah. Right. So I think that that's key is put that in your mind. You know what? They'll respect me more if I, if I say no, because I really do need to say no. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think also the other element to that, going back to what we we're talking about earlier, is that, you know, if, if you if you say no to somebody and they don't take it too well for whatever that whatever request mm-hmm. that might might have been, mm-hmm. then this might be the the, the, the the people that might be in that. Um, subtraction category an energy vampire adding, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. instead of uh, adding uh, category right and so something to, to really also uh, you know be in tune and, and and realize and recognize that again might, might be uh, something that was good for you and at the end yeah mm-hmm. right and sometimes those things naturally shift on their own and that's okay right be okay with it because yeah. it's not for you then yeah. if they're not in your court and they're not going to understand that you need to say no for you then that's not someone who's backing you. That's someone who's taking for themselves. Yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. You just don't, unfortunately. And a lot of people don't, don't understand that. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, So yeah, that's huge. That's huge. So Mm -hmm. um, before I let you go, what's there any, any uh, bigger things coming up for you in 2023 besides the book, the apps, anything else that you're working on, any speaking engagements, people can find you. Uh, well, there'll be a number of podcasts that I'll be joining. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. Got a new team that's that's putting me out there a little bit more than I used to I used to be more in people's closets. Right. <laughs> and now I'm going to be in their living rooms. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I'll be doing more and more of that. So I'll be posting that to the cleansweepconsulting.net page. And it'll also go out to the email list there. So you will receive information as they come up. Yeah. Oh, that, that's awesome. Well, Jen, I got to tell you, I really had a, a great conversation here with you today and learned yeah. definitely a lot of things. And uh, definitely I'm going to check out that that the, the things to get rid of for, especially okay. in that new year, 2023. Um, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, any, anything else you want to say before I let you go? No, I just, uh, as I tell everyone, you see my little sign up there, you know, yeah. continue to live simply, find things you can simplify every day and you'll have a better life for it. Yeah, no, I definitely love that. Well, Jen, thank you again for being here at You Can Overcome Anything podcast show. Really a pleasure having you here. And uh, for the rest of you guys, do me a favor. Go ahead and connect with her. I'll have all her contact information and also share this uh, uh, podcast because somebody definitely needs to hear this message. And I'll see you guys in the next episode of You Can Overcome Anything podcast show. Thank you. Thank you.
Hi, I'm Cesar Espino, real estate investor, business coach, and consultant, and author of the book, You Can Overcome Anything Even When the World Says No. My number is 424-501-6046. In my book, I talk about making the necessary changes to shift your mind for prosperity and certainty. Pick up your copy at Amazon. I also love helping families with their real estate and can purchase your house fast and all cash. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. My number is 424-501-6046. Thank you for having me today. I am so glad you've tuned into this podcast. You can find me at your favorite podcast platform where you can like, subscribe, comment, and share. And to learn more about myself, my services, you can find me at www.cesarrespino.com or you can also find me at your social media. Thanks for joining me and I am looking forward to having you at the next episode. And know you truly can overcome anything. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.